You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on a Thursday, it's the doubleheader Dream Team edition with Viv Governor from Rand Swiss. And also, um, maybe I shouldn't be saying Swiss in your name now because it's got a slightly tainted name to it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you are you at the moment you're from Rand Swiss, of course you are. And David Rand Shapiro, Swiss, <laughs> exactly. And David Shapiro from mm. Sasson Securities. I'm going to start with you, Viv, because we've got to look at the overseas markets at the moment. And the banking sector has been sharply in focus. We know about two or three rather niched banks coming under pressure last week and in fact when I say under pressure they've collapsed and then we had Credit Suisse and now we've had um, some numbers from uh, Bank of America. Tell us about those please. Yeah look I mean uh, what's happened of course with the the collapse of um, uh, you know SVB and and, uh, Signature over the last few days and then this week the big news was what's happening with Credit Suisse the, the fact that the Saudis are no longer willing to give them any more money uh, the share price fell dramatically. I think I heard a rumor that apparently they were offering above 8% returns uh, to some of their customers and they were still not getting deposits coming in. Uh, can you imagine that? So, yeah, as I think it's going to have to happen, the, uh, they got saved by the uh, government, stepped in, you know, backstopped them a bit, and you know, the share price is up almost 20% uh, today. Uh, and I think that's something we're going to be experiencing going forward, uh, because like you talked about Bank of America, Bank of America has over $110 billion of unrealized losses themselves. OK, uh, the share price is down about 30 percent over the last year or so. But still, uh, this is, you know, like a, almost an order of magnitude above what uh, uh, SVB's bank loss or SVB's losses. Well, of course, uh, Bank of America is a bigger bank. Uh, and I think they're not the only ones. I mean, the way the banking system works is this. You get in deposits. You lend out money, you keep some in reserve yeah. to pay off depositors. The money in reserve that you keep off, if you don't put them in a bond, you're getting yeah. no interest. And if you talk about billions of dollars, you, you're foregoing tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars of interest over the years. You know what I mean? So you want to have some of those reserves in bonds. The problem is if you buy bonds and the interest rate goes up, the bonds are going to get cheaper and you're not going to basically uh, be able to sell those bonds at face value and you do have to sell them. And that's true for SVB, and I assume it's true for a, a substantial number of other banks. Uh, it can't be just the SVB made this mistake. They were most vulnerable because they have a very weird clientele where a lot of guys aren't insured, plus a lot of uh, a small number of people have a lot of power at the bank. But I'm, I'm suspecting there's you know hundreds. You know, I think the number is 620 plus billion of these losses across the entire U.S. banking sector. So this is clearly something we can see going on. The government's going to have to step in continuously or give a, you know, just a blanket, you know, coverage of these banks. Yeah. Otherwise, you might be having a lot of trouble going forward. I had a very interesting chat with a chap from uh, London, a massive asset management company, and he wrote a piece. And the headline was, this is not the end. This is the start. And it's not in his interest or the company's interest to say that things are going to go badly. But uh, he he really did lay it out in very stark terms that this has only just begun. Now, David, Credit Suisse has borrowed yeah, 50 billion, let's call it, uh, from the Swiss National Bank. Is that right? That's the first question. Is that prudent? Or um, <laughs> what, what about Bank of America? As Viva just said, over 100 billion of unrealized losses. Okay. What is an unrealized loss? I go to my bank and say, well, my loss, exactly. my loss, it, I go and say, listen, this is my current account, but it's an unrealized loss because I haven't realized yeah. it yet. And you haven't realized it yet. <laughs> what does it mean? Uh, what does that mean? An exactly unrealized that. loss? 
You see, the, the whole point is that if they hold those bonds to maturity, they will get their money back. Hmm. Um, it's only the the pricing during the uh, until they reach maturity. The mark to so, market, in other words. Uh, the mark to exactly on a day to day basis. We hmm. do that all the time with a client's portfolio or your own portfolio. You know exactly where. So this is the danger. The problem is that if people start withdrawing their deposits and you're forced to sell those uh, securities, as happened, um, you know, as, as as happened with SUV SVB. Then you're in trouble. Just to give you an idea, I, I, the, when I first joined the stock exchange in the 70s, oh, you'll yeah. remember that New York was almost bankrupt. And it's a study there. What happened is that during the uh, inflationary period, you know, the, 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 the uh, issues that we had with uh, oil, when oil in 1973, when oil went up and caused inflation and interest rates, suddenly um, people understood that interest rates could actually move and could, you know, they, you could get into trouble. The interest rates had a risk. What happened is that I think New York was was bankrupt. And what they did is they ring-fenced these kind of deals where they had these huge unrealized losses and uh, was put again, you know, in other words, uh, they were put in a special vehicle until they matured so that you could then pay. But they raised money against that or they were bailed out, I think, by whoever. I can't remember that far back. But this is not the first time in history we've seen this. You know, this is uh, uh, when interest rates go up. And I think this is, um, you know, this is this is a big risk when you push interest rates from zero to four yeah. uh, in such a, or four and a half. The other thing is that, remember, what 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 could the banks have done, you know? But uh, they had to put the money away. Uh, the thing is that they needed to have some kind of risk management tools, or Lindsay, as you've been talking about, some hedge tools. You know, you you, you can't just leave it unexposed. No, you so, can't. Anyway, Viv, you 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 you're, you're champing at the bit there. You want to say something here as yeah. well? I mean, you're talking. Yeah, we, look, I mean, we've they, come they up with two something. things: they... unrealized, uh, unrealized yeah. losses. What does that mean? Basically, it's like David said: if you buy something and you and you can't really sell it at, the, at a price that's good at the at the, at the price you you think uh, or the face value at the moment, you basically have a, an asset that's worth less than you basically saying it is. Yes, eventually it will be priced in at the correct price in the market. But remember, there's a reason the market's pricing at a discount right now. It's because the value of the thing is basically below uh, inflation, uh, you know, uh, or below the current going interest rate out there. And mm. if you had that same money and you had it in something else, the, the opportunity cost is a real cost as well. Uh, you will get that money, say, five years in the future or seven years in the future, but you won't get the income stream uh, up yeah. to that point. You won't get the interest payments up to that point. And that is a loss. That is not just like, you know, uh, a made-up That's an made opportunity loss, yeah. That's an opportunity yeah. cost. Opportunity yeah. loss, yeah. Mm. Uh, look, the, the, way, yeah, the way that somebody phrased it is like this. It's like with bonds, right? Bond gives you an income stream. Uh, that's what the value of that bond is. Uh, and if the income stream that the issue is giving is better than the income stream that you just bought, the price of the bond you have goes down. It's like if you have an iPhone 10 and the iPhone 11 just comes out, the price of the <laughs> iPhone 10 goes down. Okay, It does exactly the same thing it did yesterday, but now it's worth less because it's a better product in the market. The same thing. The bond does exactly what you bought it to do, but it's worth less because there's now a better product in the market that's basically doing uh, more for you. But yeah, like, like I'm thinking what's going to be happening is that we're going to be seeing a lot of government intervention. And the problem that I really see happening here, and this is the danger, yes. is that there's only certain numbers of governments in the world, the Swiss, the Europeans, the Japanese, and so on, that can step in and do these kind of things. 
You know, you get yeah. some Brazilian or South American bank or some African banks looking at these kind of things. Uh, not saying African bank, but in Bank in Africa. You know, where the government doesn't have quite the deep pockets or the ability to, you know, uh, create a hard currency itself. Uh, it might be a very different outlook. And I think that's that's a danger we must look at as well. There's going to be a, a bit of a differential where all the developed market banks are going to be backed by their governments, right? And all the developing market banks are just going to be, you know, to the wind. And that differential in risk is effectively going to be increasing. So developed market banks are going to be less risky because they're all going to be backed by governments. And uh, therefore, you're going to have to demand a higher return to be investing in the emerging markets, which is not great. I love that phrase, to the wind. You go to the wind. Yes, yeah, very good. Very old, yeah. old school phrase. Lindsay, yes, Lindsay, go on, David. Lindsay, you know, I, and, and Viv, you know, I, listen, I'm, I'm an accountant. I'm no great economist. I'm not really, what, what I'm trying to say is that if I was in charge you know, if, I, if, if I'm in charge of the banking system, that's the first thing I look at. I know you say, hold on a sec, what's the risk? You know, let's go to these banks and find out exactly what they invested in. What, you know, you've got management systems that should be giving that to you on a day-to-day basis. You know, I mean, I look at it all the time. I, you know, I look at it in portfolios. I look at everything. So I can't understand how anything like this could have escaped uh, the sophisticated systems or has not been monitored or tracked by the banking authorities or regulators, you know, that they don't know about it or haven't put pressure on. Well, wait uh, a second. Whose fault is it? Is it Yellen's and Powell's uh, a fault well, here? Why don't they look at it every yes, single day? I mean, they, right. they, they come up uh, they, every couple of weeks. They have to give a, a presentation uh, to, yeah. to Congress or something like that. But they are in their positions because they are supposedly experts. Why doesn't Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell say, Hold a second. This bank in in Silicon Valley is lending money to people uh, on a on a highly geared um, the, the, the basis, and these people don't have a business yet. Let's let's just calm them down a bit, David. Don't you think that the um, senior people like you? I mean, I'm not being nasty. You're a senior person. You should be administering the banking system as a as a as a senior citizen, not these youngsters with camouflage pants. No, you, you, you did right. That's what I'm saying. It's the first thing I look for. You know, you would look for, and I'm saying I can't. I Janet Yellen will be testifying uh, in Congress, mm. and there are going to be some tough questions asked. I uh, probably we're exaggerating. Probably they no, do it, and they've got it. Well, I, I hope. I hope. I hope I'm wrong, but um, it's it's quite staggering. Listen, you know, it's quite staggering that this is occurring. Let me just put one thing also just there. This banking crisis is not a credit crisis, okay, which is good. In other words, it's not that people are not paying their loans or there's any uh, – or alternatively, that the loan – that the uh, securities that the banks are holding are necessarily dodged like we had during 08 and 09. David's gone, Viv, so we can pick oh. this up. Um, but uh, what, he's, what he's basically saying is that these, these things should, yeah, have been, should have been picked up. They really should have been. And the Bank of America oh, story is... is I, I, oh, sorry, David's back now. But Go you, on, David. Yeah. No, that's what, that's what I'm... You know, that's, that's, that's my view. I'm, I'm sitting here saying, no, this can't be true. You know, that, yeah. that these banks, that no one was monitoring them. What about you've got 12 Fed... Uh, what do you call a region? Governors or whatever. It's yeah. up to every, you know, it's up to every region to know what's happening there, 
And and the first thing I, you know, when I saw interest rates going up from naught to four or five percent, that's the first thing I said. Thank God I'm an equity investor and not a bond <laughs> investor because the bond investors must be pummeled. They must be killed. Exactly. You know? uh, Viv, Viv, please come in on this one. Okay, so like I mean, they, they did know, but the guys at SVB knew about it last year. Their guys were going to the the the, the, the speakers and saying, "Hey, look, there's these dangers that we have right now, and we need to basically get shorter term bond durations. We need to basically, you know, yeah. hedge ourselves against this thing." Uh, but here's the thing: it's very hard to do that when, by doing that, you are losing tens, if not hundreds, of millions of dollars in terms of interest payments. You know, well, now, uh, yeah. Yeah. now you're bankrupt. <laughs> but, but that's exactly the thing. It's like by doing that, by, by doing what David just said, okay, a couple of things. Firstly, the law was changed, I think, in 2018. I think Trump changed the law because it, it took the smaller banks out of the amount of monitoring that the bigger banks had because he said, because the, the argument was the bigger banks were you know backed by the government and therefore they deserve to be monitored like this. The smaller banks were not and therefore they weren't systematically important and therefore they could be, you know, whatever. But now it turns out that every bank was systematically important and they should all have been given the same yeah. you know, regulations. But that being said, we look at Bank of America just now with $114, $116 billion, you know, unrealized losses. You know, these, these are mistakes they made. They made mistakes about assuming what the interest rates going to be going for. That's a primary mistake they made. They didn't understand how high it's going to go and how quickly it was going to go up. There was maybe mm. 40 years where that was not the case. The interest rate, this is the highest interest rate we've had in terms of like the breaking the trend for quite some time. And we've seen this cycle go basically from the 1980s till like last year, the year before. But this is a this is a very new thing. And when you have 40 years of a particular thing happening, people stop believing. Exactly. I mean, uh, you live in Europe. How many people in Europe believe there's going to be another world war in Europe or another European war? Yeah. It's only been about 70 years since there was you know, two of them. 75, so, actually. But, uh, but, uh, 75 years. But, but yeah, the, the point them. is that we're human beings. We talk about algorithms and we talk about all these sophisticated things. Exactly. And I'm sick of watching uh, my LinkedIn feed saying these. this is what uh, the uh, seven effective um, uh, habits of a, um, a person are if they want to get ahead in business. I'm sick of seeing that. We're human beings. We're very vulnerable. And if you've had low interest rates for the last 10 to 15 years when interest rates go up you don't know how to behave david uh, shapiro does viv governor does but young people that are wearing smart suits and nice ties uh, from german street in london they don't know they don't understand how it is because they've never seen it before you have to see it and in 20 30 years time maybe they will but it's only experience that manages um, the, the manages money. I'm telling you, I would never ever invest in someone that was uh, less than uh, 50 years old. Viv, I think you probably are, but my money's going yeah. to Shapiro at the moment. Yes, <laughs> that's true. But but here's the thing: both me and David Shapiro, I don't have multi-million-dollar incentives to ignore these problems. Uh, you see, I, 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 David is very clear-eyed, so am I. But should we start putting some multi-million dollar incentives in both his and my, you know, uh, balance sheet here to ignore these problems? I don't know how, how, how clear-eyed we would be, David. Like you said, you are an equity investor. If you were a bond investor and you were getting these nice bonuses, how, how willing are you to go out and just basically say, sorry, my bonus is, is unimportant for the next couple of years. I don't want that yeah. two or three million dollars. You know, you, you know where it affects us. And that's yeah. why I'm not a 60-40 I'm not 60-40, you know, I don't, yeah. for that very reason, and uh, because I understand interest rate risk, 
and our interest rate risk, first of all, interest rates were zero, so there was no incentive. And when you suddenly got the kind of movements that we saw in the Fed, so why must I go into the bond market? You've got to be crazy, you know, because mm. I don't know where this is going to end. You know, only only finally when interest rates reach a certain level and we know that we're on a, uh, a softening path or an easing path, yes, then you can go in because you're going to get that capital, uh, you're going to get that capital kicker. But I mean, mm. you know, for that reason, so that was my simple um, risk management saying, so, no, nah, I don't want to go into bonds. You know, there's just too much risk. So mm. I, I mean that's me being here. Um, I couldn't bought. I couldn't. I could never have gone into some of those. Uh, you know, okay, some of those longer dated stocks with a five or ten year or something like that. Yes, short duration was giving you 0.2 percent or 0.3 percent. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, yeah. so yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm staggered that. Uh, but it's that, safety, that, David. That we should even be discussing these things. Yes, but it's safety. Okay, so you don't go 60-40. And when David says 60-40, he means 60% equities, 40% uh, bonds and money market, etc. No, I agree. 60-40 is a little bit, um, it's a little bit out I'm of line, sorry, I'm actually. I'm not saying go 40% bond. You know, you could have kept a level of cash, a certain level. I'm not, uh, I, you know, I'm not dismissing that. Because we never, you know that we never, I never went into the market and, have maintained anywhere between 20 to 25% of cash, you know, against that. But the last place I wanted to be is in the bond market. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, and uh, the fact that you're um, 104 years old and you're still in the business and still talking to people like me and, and Viv, Viv Govindam being disrespectful, David, you're, you're still very, very successful. And the reason is because of that thing. Okay, let's talk about something else now outside of the international markets. Caxton and CTP came out with their results. High prop, the same. Transaction capital, I don't know, it's down 36% again today. Advertech uh, trading update, Anglo Gold Ashanti and Goldfields. What? They're trying to get together to create Africa's largest mine in Ghana. And they hated each other. Investec, um, Libstar, PP, uh, PPC, uh, down 9%. Xara, up 1%. David, some of your um, characters in that uh, crystal challenge that you've got must be uh, gnashing away at their teeth today or jumping through hoops. What on earth is happening? With, with, with transaction capital. No, with anything. I mean, I'm sure a lot it, of them have got PPC as well. Every day. Hmm? I, I love to watch because people go from literally the bottom to the top and then from the top to the bottom on, on some of these share prices that we've seen. PPC has been one of the winners, I must admit. There'd be quite a few people who chose transaction capital as well. Maybe just been annihilated. And uh, I did give them the option. And this is interesting. We said before you go on, David. Sorry to interrupt. Mm. Tell us what the crystal challenge is, because we haven't no, uh, highlighted it, it on the show yet. Mm. Yeah, it's a game that I started two years ago and has caught on quite nicely. And anybody can enter. We just ask you to choose five stocks, and uh, we, it, it's a creative. I mean, it's um, total return, so it includes dividends and that. And at the end of uh, we started the first of January, end of November. Whoever's got the highest return wins. Cristel Champagne and a whole lot of prizes on that. But you can't. The only thing we introduced this year is that you can actually sell one. You know, you can actually cash in oh, either okay. on the down or on the up. Just one, yeah. And no, no one thought to do that on transaction capital. 
Share price. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, that's, it was a good plug for that. Uh, tell me again, before I go to Viv, uh, transaction capital, 36 and a quarter percent down again today. So it went from 38% to down 15% to another 36% today. The company's going under, David. Well, there's, you know, we've been looking for the answers and no one's given us. You know, I, I just sit here and I can't believe that people are still recommending it against the pressure of the selling. Sid Vianella, uh, who you might remember. Yeah, the old retail, oh, not the old one, the yeah, retail yeah. analyst, yeah. He came up with, he said that uh, the founders apparently have, um, you know, pledged some of their shares against collateral or against loans. And what might be happening is, of course, when a share price falls like it is, the bankers come and say, thank you, <laughs> you know, your collateral's <laughs> lost its value. You've got to sell so many shares. Goodness. And they don't wait around. You know, there's no niceties when a banker is under pressure. He's trying to save his backside. He just says sell, you know, and risk managers do that. Mm. So it could be let's take what we can get. So that, that is a theory. I don't say it's the truth. It's just one theory that is circulating. But obviously okay. there's an absolute urgency to get out of the share, and it's been done at, uh, at, at lightning speed. I mean, today, another 36% down. So the share, the, the market value of this company is now down at about 7 or $8 billion as opposed to the 30, 40 billion that it was less than a year ago. Hmm. You may be underestimating, actually, but anyway, uh, let's not worry about yeah. that. Viv, Viv, let's uh, have a look at other ones. Okay, Caxton, Hyprop, um, Advertech, Anglo Gold Ashanti and Goldfields, Investec, Libstar, PPC, Exoro. <laughs> Which one do you want to pick, if any of them, please, uh, Viv? Let's look at PPC. Yeah, interesting thing on PPC. They're saying there's like 11% cost inflation in their system. Uh, you look at the margins that we're getting. The the full year was like about 17. Sorry, I think it was 14. The half first half of the year was 17. So obviously the margins under pressure. Uh, it's it's quite a, a depressing read here. There's no surprise that the share price fell on that news. Uh, interestingly, they're still saying that they're waiting for uh, you know in, infrastructure projects to materialize and they're just going to pump up production at that point in time. Uh, so they're hoping for some uh, massive, you know, influx of government spending coming through. Uh, but it, it is quite depressing, you know. Uh, uh, the cost inflation that we are seeing going to the economy is obviously, uh, you know, something to be worried about. I mean, we also had this week, uh, today, sorry, I think the petrol price is assumed to go up another 20-something cents, uh, uh, you know, in the next uh, thing in a week and a half's time. Uh, so inflation pressures are really coming through. Uh, with regards to Caxton, uh, reasonably good results. Uh that's obviously, you know, uh, a, a, a share that uh, it's, it's one of the weird things about the, the media industry. You either got to be the biggest guy out there, you got to be the New York Times, or you have to be basically, uh, you know, the guy that's so local that, uh, you know, you, you get that benefit of being, you know, the, 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 the person closest to the floor. And Caxton is benefiting from being the closest to the floor. Uh, you know, they're seeing um, uh, a, a profit growing, you know, 39, almost 40%, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a nice little return coming through. Uh, despite the fact that they obviously are also seeing, you know, higher operating costs, higher raw materials coming through. Uh, but, you know, like I said, uh, the fact of the matter is that, you know, you're getting the profits as well. Uh, this particular, you know, significant market seems to be something in media that's still operating in a reasonably good, uh, a good clip. They, got, they do the stop and uh, what's it? Uh, stop, um, uh, drop and what is it called? Yeah, something that comes through no, your 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 litter box. Yeah. Uh, stop and drop every, or something. Every week we get I don't know what it's called the the gazette here that comes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I look at it. I look, and it's full of advertising. Mm. You know, all localized, but it's full. 
And and I just admire the people who work there and who go around and collect the story of the gardener who found a snake in, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know those kind of stories or a dog who was saved in a pond. And, you know, but still, it's it's full. And uh, you don't pay for it. Knock and it's, drop. It's, that's so what it was, David. No, yeah. Knock yeah. and drop. But that's, I mean, and it's all, it. the local, the, all the local stores are, are advertised or services, whatever it is. So don't underestimate the power of these and, and the drawing. And, and good luck to them, you know, in mm. a, at a time where we think everything is internet. Well, sorry to tell you, no. You no. Know, this, people still pick up this paper and read it. Do either of you know <laughs> the person that started this, the, the, the genius behind this? He's an elderly man now, and um, he's involved in another company at the moment, um, taking significant um, uh, shares in this company. Uh, maybe, David, I could go over to you again on, on this one. Do you know the chap that started Caxton? Okay, you're not going to say anything. <laughs> my there. name is just—I can't, I can't believe it. It's just left my head. Okay, you know, these, but he's uh, a clever I'll, fellow, I'll right? Come back to you. Very, very smart. And a billionaire operator. It's, and I got, yeah, yeah. I'll give it to you in a sec. And he's going to kill me for remember forgetting his name. Okay, but, won't do. Uh, you uh, Viv, do you know this? Uh, do you know the the history no, of Caxton, the CB, CTP? It's a small company. Should it be on the JSE? I don't know, but I do know that yeah, the, the it's been there forever. Yeah, it is. Uh, David will come yeah. back to us with the name, but I mean, for goodness me, for goodness sake, rather, he um, he he's done such an incredible job, and it shouldn't be on the JSE. I don't think because it's not liquid enough. Um, uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, while you're thinking about it, David, I'm going to give you some prices now. The dollar end is 1840, which is a 0.2 percent rise for the U.S. dollar. Founded 1902. There you go. Hey, well, he he's not that old. William Gindra and Edward Green, but this is not this is not the name that we're looking for. Have you uh -huh. found that name yet? But, but there you are. But our, but Caxton used to be a printing house. Before it went into probably the publishing. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, you'll find the name in a moment who owns it, uh, who's the CEO, because <laughs> he's been involved in buying other things as well recently. Uh, British pound against the Rand is uh, flat at 2225. Euro Rand is 1951. A Euro dollar is 106 on the button, which is more or less unchanged from 24 hours ago. Um, commodities, uh, the gold price, it's okay. It's Terry to... Mulman, there you are. Mulman, exactly right. Terry Mulman. A oh. very, very um, secretive yeah. man, I, from what I understand. Mm. Private, yeah. Private, that's the one. Yeah. 1917, but, the gold uh, price down $9 an ounce, the platinum price down 13 to 972 and the palladium price down $26 an ounce to $14.17. Let's have a look at other commodities, because they've been interesting. Goodness me. You you tweeted, David, about uh, the oil price. It's currently $73.21, yeah. yeah. down another two-thirds yeah. of a percent. Uh, Brent crude, uh, sorry, uh, West but Texas crude. I say that, just, just yeah, eight, go on. 8th of March, it was 127. Yeah. 127, 127. Mm. On the 8th of March, and now you're talking 73, yeah. So that's a massive, massive fall. Uh, West Texas crude is $67.26, which is down just over half a percent. Natural gas prices up 3%, strangely. And uh, elsewhere, wheat down one and a third percent. Steel down, that's a big one. Steel is three and a quarter percent weaker. Coal prices down one and a quarter. 
Uh, and away we go after that. Uh, iron ore is 133, up nearly 2%, but obviously that market closed at the moment. Okay, moving to the capital markets. I've got the US 10-year bond yield. Goodness me, look at this thing, 3.45%, another four and a bit um, uh, down on the yield all over the place. People are uh, hurting out there. Uh, 10.01 for the South African 10-year yield, not so bad. No, actually 10.08, sorry, uh, actually up three and a half basis points. Um, S&P 500 futures all over the place today. They were up, they were down, and now they're up again, 0.8% higher to 3,900. And 58 uh, Bitcoin, another risk asset, 24,000. Must refresh my screen because this is volatile. 24,803, up 0.3%. Uh, very interesting. How do you how do you approach the markets, gentlemen? I know Viv, I'll come with you, to you on this one. But when um, David sees volatility like this, he goes into his shell like a hermit crab. And that's not a bad thing. He just sits there and says, I'll wait and see what happens. What do you do, Viv? Uh, you'd, you'd like to want to sit and wait and see what happens. Unfortunately, I think the mechanism that's going to happen right now is look at the, you're talking about the bond yields. The forecast for the U.S. Fed action has like been trimmed quite significantly from this last week. You know what I mean? So I think it used to be like, you know, uh, we talk about 50 basis points. So now you're probably going to get, you know, a, a quarter, uh, it's called, uh, 25 basis points. Mm. And there's a significant amount of people saying zero. Uh, and inflation, we saw the inflation number coming out this week, the CPI number. Yes, it came in as expected at six, but the core inflation was quite high. And if you start you know, trimming interest rates or basically pausing interest rate hikes, when inflation is still 6%, and core inflation is like, you know, quite strong. Like we said, at some point in time, those workers in the US and elsewhere are going to have to start to ask for wage increases that are equivalent to what the inflation is. And then you have that 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 six percent that five percent becomes a lot stickier, and in that environment you can't be sitting around holding bonds. You can't be sitting around in cash. You've got to unfortunately be in the volatile stock market. No, no, you can't. You're absolutely right. Uh, lots of stuff going on on the upside on the JC today. We've got bites up uh, three and two thirds percent. Montauk Renewables. Okay, I have to read this one out. Three point four percent higher growth point. Yeah, that was quite a big one, up nearly 3%. Investec Limited, one that David watches, up uh, just over 2.5%. Redefine, up 2.25%. On the downside, I can't quite believe this. Transaction Capital, let's call it down 40%, 39.86%, according to my screen. That's yeah. that's extraordinary. Carew, uh, down nearly 6%. 91, the asset management company, down over 5%. DRD Gold, down nearly 5%. And SAPI, down four and a half percent david transaction capital we've said it before but i have, i want you to embellish the story that we heard earlier on is it going out of business I, well something's happening now I, and what's uh for for a company to fall that was in favor no more than a couple of weeks ago mm. to fall to the extent that it has and at the pace so, there, you know, and just looking at trading today, um, it's even bigger than yesterday. There was over 700 million, almost 750 million rands worth of shares traded, which is an enormous amount. The share capital has now fallen to six and a half billion. Mm. Um, so, we're, you know, no one knows the story. We're all guessing. But uh, it is pointing to something really dramatic. 
And uh, I'm afraid that the analysts or people who have covered this um, are, are just stuck like deers in the headlights. You know, should be out of a job, actually. What you're saying is they should be yeah, out of a well, job. Mm. I don't know. I just I find well, it I astonishing. Because I, I, the only reason I tweet is to try and search for the truth. To say, yes. hold on, anybody know the story? Give us a, you know, give us a hint. Tell us something that we know. Because I can't find it. Also, I want to point out a fact, Chad, that the CEO sold, you know, mm. 50 million rounds of shares in December when the price was four times higher than it is right now. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know what you're saying, dude, but on the other hand, it could be, it could, it could be an un, un, uh, unrelated uh, issue, but I know exactly what you're saying or what potential. I mean, if you're in a court of law, you would say, you know, the defendant says this, the, this one says that. Oh, but I know what you're saying. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not accusing anybody. I'm pointing out a fact that's known to the public. Quite just right. like it's a fact that's known that SPV's uh, management handed out bonuses just days before they crashed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, they, they should be investigating. I don't know. Like I said, we don't accuse anyone. This is just facts that we are talking about. Yes, we are. Uh, Which are all in the public domain, no, and there's absolutely nothing to do with, uh, with, with anything else. But, David, I will say again what I said uh, on Tuesday with you and Viv is that you pointed out transaction capital over the last two to three uh, months. You said, I've noticed Investec going up, and uh, I wonder why they're going up. And you also said, I've noticed transaction capital going down. Something's going on there. Didn't you, David? Yeah. I did, yeah. I just, it just, because everybody was so almost universally bullish on it and giving a very strong story about mm. we buy cars and so on, and yet the share price was going in the opposite direction, and that's always a warning sign, you know. And so all I'm all I was trying to say to people is, go find the story, tell us what's happening there. You were that's all. No, I, I all you no were doing, David. No, all mm. you were doing is uh, 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 transmitting what you saw on your screen. In other words, yep. the share price yep. going down. As our yep. old um, the ex ex colleague on this on this program used to say, just trade what you see on the screen. Mm. And you were mm. just telling us what you saw on the screen. Nothing else. Nothing yep. malicious at all. So well done. Um, okay, uh, David. On that note, give us the closing JSE indices, please. Uh, we ended nowhere. We ended up 0.01% flat. Um, flat at 72.906. We, we're still negative now. Eh? We're negative for the year. The top 40 was slightly better up 0.21% uh, at 67446. Resources under a little bit of pressure right across the board. Uh, they took the mar They kind of neutralized the market. Uh, the, the resource index or the resource 10 down 1.15%. And the precious metals also down. About 1.3%. Banks were up steady, up a quarter percent. And industrials, I think that's where the action was. Consumer discretionary up 1.32%. The industrial 25 up 0.72%. So I think that's where the uh, on, on the consumer side we had. Um, I'm just trying to see where, where where it came from. It could have come from um, yeah, Process, Nasperse, all of those shares up. Uh, British American Tobacco, Richmond up. Quite a nice day today, um, up 1.7. So I think this is where the market got some kind of momentum, upward momentum. Very good. And the S&P 500, as we speak, mm. just over 1% higher at 39.65. Gentlemen, thanks so much for your input this evening. That was the 5 o'clock shadow with Viv Govender from Rand Swiss and also David Shapiro from Sassfin Securities, both from Johannesburg. 
The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.